Welcome to the Commands of Christ podcast brought to you by the Home Discipleship Network. We're excited about guiding people to the Word of God to experience the abundant life and to be encouraged as they walk as disciples of Jesus all through the power of Christ living in us. And now your host, Nate Payne. Well, welcome back to the Commands of Christ podcast. Today, we have a special guest speaker, Dean Kirshner. Dean, it's good to have you on this podcast. And uh, we're excited about today and specifically talking about the burden and the direction God has led Dean in the mission field. Now, some of our listeners or maybe the majority of our listeners are going to know you as the person who presented the Vanya um, story. And I know watching parts of that, that really encouraged me of a... Um, it was a Russian believer, right? It was a Russian soldier that was a believer who was persecuted and ended up being martyred for his faith in Jesus, but just such a powerful testimony. So maybe a lot of our listeners will know you through that, but today I want to do a couple different things with this podcast. Number one, I'd like to talk a little bit Dean, about how you came to know the Lord as your personal Lord and Savior and how God led you into the mission field, and then practical aspects and elements of what is being a missionary. Because I think just the term missionary, what I would tend to think is someone out there on the mission field serving in a foreign country. Right. And mm-hmm. when that is most certainly true, mm-hmm. but then there's also a much more practical element of being a missionary that I know you've brought out in the past with past messages, I believe, and, and other things that I think I just want to tap into that I think we can all relate to. And again, this is normally we talk about the commands of Christ on this podcast. Our heart is through the podcast is actually giving our listeners just practical tools of how to apply the, not only just the commands of Christ, but really all of the Word of God right. and walking in a daily living with Jesus. So let's just go ahead and just kind of start into your story. I think that would probably sure. be a good a good place to start. Sure. How did you how did you come to know the Lord? How were you raised? Were you raised in a Christian home? Mm-hmm. What yeah. did that look like? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you're talking about the commands of Christ. Yes, sir. And we're going to talk about being a missionary. So. Jesus said, you're the light of the world. That's right. If you're in me, if you're following me, you're one of my disciples, you're the light of the world. Yes, sir. So it was interesting. Uh, I was born into a family where your dad was not an atheist, and but he wasn't a believer. He didn't know the Lord personally. Went to church on Christmas and Easter, and my mom was a believer. And when you have an unyoked marriage or struggles and all mm-hmm. kinds of difficulties. Yes, so my dad surrendered to the Lord when I was about one year old. Mm. And he said, Lord, I can't run this marriage. I don't know how to do this. Wow. And people have been speaking into his life. So he gave his life to Christ and quickly, soon after that, he joined uh, the ministry in different aspects. I could go into that in detail, but basically I began to grow up around the ministry and people mm-hmm. who were in in service for the Lord and evangelizing. So to me, that was what you did. That's what how you live for the Lord. Right, right. And um, eventually we moved to New England. So I grew up in Maine okay. as a boy. And as a teenager, we moved to Maryland. So we've lived in different parts of the, the country. But um, 
the word of God was in my home. I was not home educated, interestingly enough. I am the oldest of six children. I'm the only one that graduated from high school. And I'm the least educated, probably. My sister's a, a doctor, my brother's a lawyer. Um, so I have to laugh. I tell people I'm the only one that had a <laughs> graduate, have a high school diploma, and uh, they're all more educated than I am. But uh, the Word of God was paramount in our home, and it wasn't something, it wasn't a subject. Uh, my, my mom and dad lived it and mm. researched it and taught it, and we read it and believed it, and that was the foundation of what I think we're going to talk about here today. So. Yes, yes, and that's good. And I think that's important, but I know, and I think, Dean, you would probably agree with this, growing up in a Christian home doesn't make you a Christian. Correct. I, I like what one person said, God doesn't have any grandchildren. Sure. Meaning each sure. one of us have to have a personal encounter with the Lord sure. where we put our faith and trust in him. So when was that time that you, because I know it's it's easy to, like growing up in a Christian home, and I, I, I had the privilege of growing mm-hmm. up in a Christian home as well, but you're just like, you're kind of taught to, to talk like it. You're right. taught to walk like sure. it. You're taught to look like it, which in some ways that's part of just training mm-hmm. and raising your kids. But there has to be that time where it's it's almost like the faith of your parents, it has to become, your faith in Christ has to become personal. Right, and the best illustration of that is salvation is compared to being born again yes, or the bride of Christ. So yes, these sir. ideas of, you know, you're not always married. Yes. You weren't always born. That's there right. was a point in time. So That's my right. conversion occurred, uh, believe it or not, I was almost four. So I was three years old, and I had stolen a piece of gum from one of my mother's friends. And I don't remember the details. I'm, I'm guessing that my mother approached me and said, you know, Deanie, did you steal this gum? And I probably said, no. <laughs> you know, I don't remember that. I distinctly remember leaving the room with her purse open and scattered because I had been looking for the gum that I knew was in this lady's purse. (laughs) So I was caught both stealing and lying. And I actually don't remember any kind of spanking or corporal punishment because I think I broke down and confessed. Mm. And I had a soft heart. Mm-hmm. and was convicted. So my mother led me in a prayer and talked to me. And I remember specifically after that telling my mom, I said, I still feel bad. In other words, I had this sense of guilt yes. upon me. Yes. I still feel bad. And she took that opportunity to say, well, maybe Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. Wow. And she said, would you like to ask him into your heart? Because he forgives the sins of those who he lets into their heart. That's right. Now, I'm a lot older now, and that's not real good theology. If you read <laughs> Revelation 3, where, behold, I stand at the door and knock, that's, that's written to the church. That's right, talking right. about commitment, yeah, surrender. But yeah. here's the beauty of God's salvation. When, when the Holy Spirit is convicting you of sin, we can have our verses out of context a lot of times. We, yes, can, we can stumble in our illustrations, but the Holy Spirit's doing a work. Amen. And that's clearly the time I remembered my sin And my mother articulated, you have to believe that Jesus died on the cross for you and rose from the dead. Now, parents, if you're listening to this and you're thinking three years old, that's pretty young. Yeah, right. I don't know my theology. I'm not, I can't even read. And this is the interesting thing too. I apparently had had other experiences like that. My mother says, well, you know, you had prayed to receive Jesus here. You had prayed to receive Jesus here. But I distinctly all my life, even, you know, at that time and as an adult, I remember that 
being the time I knew I was a sinner and was very, very troubled about this bad feeling Mm -hmm. and didn't know how to get rid of it. And so acknowledging and praying with my mother to ask Jesus to forgive me and ask him to come into my heart, again, theologically weak, I repented. In my spirit, I repented and I believed. And you wanna be careful, but there was a feeling of peace that came upon me. I don't think that always accompanies salvation. It doesn't have to accompany salvation, but for me, I felt better. Mm. right at three Mm. years old Mm -hmm. and I realized there was something real about this and I was now a person with Jesus in his heart (laughs) so again weak theology I don't use that but without a doubt I know that's where I was born again praise the Lord yeah and that that is the the foundation for where the Lord has taken you all throughout the oh sure yeah that relationship into overseas and we'll we'll get into that in in a little bit but I love the the story of the three-year-old, because mm-hmm. my oldest mm-hmm. is three years old. Okay, yeah. And so we're right there with him, mm-hmm. and he, it's amazing how God has implanted in us a conscious, mm-hmm. a oh, conscience, yeah. right. and an awareness of right and wrong. Right. And I'm working with him, right. trying to instill in him the, the principles of God's word, but just like praise the Lord that even at that three-year-old age, God can begin to do oh, that absolutely. work, and God can open that door, and He He doesn't deny little ones, right? Right. And if anything, you know, their hearts are so sensitive, their spirits are open. I think it's as it's we as parents we get caught up in this verbiage, like okay, we need to get this prayer out of them, or we need to get this confession. And salvation is a work of the heart. Yes. You know, in fact, we need to be creative in in presenting salvation, explaining Jesus, and explaining sin. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, that's another podcast. That's but. right. That's right. <laughs> now, I, I would like to go into a little bit of your work on the mission field. Yeah. So I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit. So you are connected mm-hmm. with Gospel Inc. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I believe you are a field director mm-hmm. for Gospel Inc. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, I, I, I guess I'd like to do two things here and kind of give you the freedom to go which direction sure. you, you, you feel best. And that is, tell us how, I wanna know how your born again experience and then growing in your Christian faith led to overseas work okay. and then getting connected with Gospel Link. But before you might go into that, can you share a little bit with our listeners about gospel link and the ministry that you're connected sure. and, and what it does and maybe even what a field director does sure. as as you are in that position yes gospel link is an organization that is designed to connect christians in the united states it can be individuals sunday school class uh local churches you know that's what, that's the body of christ mm-hmm. with the church the growing church and the missionary church that is indigenous or national yes sir overseas in africa in asia you know we all have a heart for the nations the closer we get to the lord Mm -hmm. the more we read his word but the average person can't get on a plane and get to madagascar that's exactly right right. yes sir. you land in zimbabwe and you don't speak (laughs) endebelli and we would like to help and so we send people which is great. I, th- I think that's very, very biblical. You see the early church sending mm-hmm. out Paul and Silas. Mm-hmm. But we are living in a day and age where Christianity is growing. People are genuinely coming to know the Lord in not always in our culture. In fact, the United States is barely maintaining their 
Christian per capita population. Mm-hmm. We're about the same place we were in 1960. Wow. But other parts of the world are growing mm-hmm. exponentially, yes, and the sir. gospel is going into new areas. And so Gospel Inc. looks at that and says, okay, as the global landscape changes, how do we support national people? When I say national people, if you are in Malawi, or if you are from the Congo, how can we help you get the gospel to the next village? Mm. And the advantage of that is they already speak the language. That's right. They already speak that food. Yep. They, you know, as a, as a foreigner, I go, and sometimes people will come hear me because right. I represent money or the West. But if you're a Ukrainian, the person comes to you to hear truth. Wow. And so Gospel Inc. is trying to raise support financially to help these men go and do what they do. Mm-hmm. We, we raise about $200 a month per preacher. And there's a lot of different ways we do this. We also are providing training on the ground. Gospel Inc. started a Bible college in Zambia. Um, I'm in charge of an orphanage and a secondary school in Malawi. So it's discipleship, it's training. We take people overseas to also participate in seeing what the mission field is like, seeing what these national people are doing. So that's a snapshot. Yes, no, that's good. A field director, basically, we require some organization. And so my jurisdiction is the former Soviet Union. We're in four different countries there, as well as the country of Malawi, Africa. Our ministry is in 15 countries. Wow. And over... a thousand missionaries. Wow, praise but, God. I know, but all these missionaries are not from America. They're native, aren't they? They are people who live there. Yes, they so, live there. Wow. That's which, what I do. Which I think is probably, well, it is. It's the most effective way to reach those people is by the locals. It is a, well, it is a growing paradigm, and it's not really a new paradigm. I'm just saying it's yes, a growing sir. paradigm. Even Hudson Taylor said that the missionary, the foreign missionary, he was referring to himself, mm-hmm is like a scaffold. You come and build the scaffold so that you can build a building. Mm -hmm. And God is the master builder. The Holy Spirit is gonna grow his church. But once that building can stand, Mm -hmm. you tear down the scaffold and go build another scaffold. So we're coming along as a ministry and helping local churches um, get involved in international discipleship, get involved in sending this building that's there to the next place where there's yes. no where there's no foreign yes. scaffold so that's to speak right. so that's that's what gospel right. does praise the lord that's encouraging how can just real quickly mm-hmm. and we'll move on to kind of how the lord led you into the mission field and connecting with gospel link but how can people who want to learn more about gospel link how can they get connected with sure that? we obviously have a website it's gospellink.org and there's only one L, so it gets a little confusing. And the okay. link is not I-N-C. It's a link like a chain. So mm-hmm. gospelink.org. That's the website. Okay. Um, I have a podcast that we'll probably mention. It's called A Cup of Good News. And I'll tell you why. Uh, the There's so much bad news. And if you watch yes, the oh mainstream my. media, you get discouraged. <laughs> Especially now. Right. It's like there's everything. crime. And Every there's channel. killing. And there's yep. war. And that's the world. That's, that is that a is. fallen world we yes, live in. Yes, it is. But the scriptures say that good news from a far country is like cold waters to a thirsty soul. Amen. And it, you really have to be intentional to go find that mm. because it's not sensational. It doesn't sell movies. That's right. You know, no big headlines. But the church is growing. And so the podcast that I do, and I don't do it every week like you do. Yes, sir. I'm doing it twice a month. I'm telling a story of how people are coming to know the Lord. Praise the Lord. In Vietnam. Wow. In Kazakhstan. 
and and it's just so good to hear and know that the church is growing. Amen. And Amen. so that's that's what I'm working on. You can know, learn more about gospeling by listening yes. to my podcast. Yes. So, and that's yeah. speaking of a cup of fresh cold water. That's uh-huh. refreshing just to hear oh, that yeah. that the Lord is doing that and that you're sharing those because it, I think I, I think it is Psalm 19. The testimonies of the Lord are sure, mm-hmm. making wise the simple. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the testimonies of the Lord are God's power, His work moving in and right. through people, you and I, just people across the world, and that just declaring that there is a God, that yeah. there is a Savior, and that He does want a relationship. And He's working with salvation yes. in the midst of the earth. Yes. Amen. Yeah. So, kind of rewinding a little bit back here. Sure. Yeah. You were raised in a Christian home. Mm-hmm. Um, you you were brought to your uh, to a knowledge of your need for Christ at around age three mm-hmm. and then tell me kind of what transpired from there into getting connected with gospel link and I know that's a lot um, I'm say there's, there's 30 there's, years there's, almost there's, but there's that's a good. lot but maybe some some particulars of I, I think I know what you mean and this is interesting because I was uh, typical as of most Americans, I didn't have a vision for a particular people group. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a burden for a specific country. Mm-hmm. And we read missionary stories, and I remember we had the old LPs that talked about Adoniram Judson and John Payton, and so that we had heroes of faith. Yes, but that was a little extreme, you know, to to leave your country and and go over there and try to learn another language and risk your life. That's a little extreme, and I know God calls us to be on the altar and I, I had at different times in my life through either chapel or camp surrendered my life and I said I'll do your will but pragmatically I thought well you know I'm probably going to shine here in the United States yes. we, we need reformation we need godly leaders uh, we, we need civil leaders that will stand up and for righteousness so my eye was somewhat on how can I shine how can I be the light that the Lord wants me to be here. Mm-hmm. And I think I think I'll, I can share some more of that as we go on, but interestingly enough, at when I was 23, at 20, 23, the Soviet Union collapsed, and at 24, I went on a short-term missions trip okay. to Russia. It was supposed to be for eight weeks, and then it got extended to 10 weeks, and eventually it got extended to five years. Wow. Now, that was because the Lord moved my heart and again, I want to reiterate here, I, was, I didn't have a particular calling to the Russians. I didn't have a particular calling to the Soviet Union, but I wanted to make the Lord known. Mm-hmm. Which, can I pause you just right there? Sure. I think you mentioned a really critical element that I want to really reemphasize, and that is just being a light. Like the Lord started, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. but the Lord starting to work on your heart in the States in your locality, Mm -hmm. wherever you were living at that time. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like, and I don't think this can be overstated, and that is if we're not, if if our relationship with Jesus is not real at home, then it's really not real anywhere else. Sure. Meaning the people that God has placed directly around us. And I think starting with with my wife, Mm -hmm. starting with my kids, Mm -hmm. and then moving out to even our our communities, mm-hmm. the people we work with at our jobs on an everyday basis. Sure. But I just really appreciate you touching on that because I think when 
when, and we'll get into this a little bit more here here on this episode, and that is when when I think of a, a missionary, you know, I think of somebody overseas and, mm-hmm. and doing that kind of thing, but when in reality, God is doing a work and he can do a work mm-hmm. wherever we are. So I want you to continue on yeah. with where you are, but and, I just wanted to emphasize that because that's a very critical and point. And we've all seen that sign, maybe at church or somewhere where it says there's a banner and uh, maybe it's at the church driveway and it says, you are now entering the mission field. <laughs> yes, and and yes. that struck me. And I remember one of the first places I ever saw that was in my sister's bedroom. She put it, she didn't put it over the door of the house as we walked out door. She put it over her bedroom door. Bedroom door. And I thought, wow. well, wait a minute. She's entering the mission field by walking into my area. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously not to evangelize me or lead me to the Lord, but she wanted that understanding right away. She, she wanted, wanted that, that reminder. Yeah. yeah, she wanted that reminder. Yes, sir. And the truth is you're either a missionary or a mission field in the sense of knowing the Lord or not knowing the Lord. Wow. So you... You moved, or you started doing some international work in Russia. My early 20s, that's right. right. And I think it was, if I understand correctly, it was through that that you actually got to meet who is now your wife. Correct. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And so maybe share a little bit about that, and then share maybe some of your experiences in reaching the Russian people. I'm gratefully married to a girl named Olga. We were married in 2000, and uh, she's been a dynamite helpmeet, and uh, we have six children. God's given us five boys and a girl. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Uh, We live between Chattanooga and Atlanta, and it's interesting. We thought we would live long-term overseas. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're open to whatever the Lord wanted, Mm -hmm. and... um, we didn't know that Russia would close up the way it has politically. Mm. You know, if I had planned my own life, I was going to live in Russia and master the Russian language and become wow. a teacher as best I could. There was a lot of open doors into universities and things when we were first married. Mm-hmm. But the Lord changed our path about two years into our marriage and sent me to work with Gospel Inc., who at that time was exclusively working in Africa. And so I'm thinking, Lord, wait a minute. I worked hard to learn the Russian language. Wow. I'm, I'm, I've lived in Moscow for five years. Why are you sending me to Africa? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that what God does though? (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes. Sometimes. And so that's, what's interesting. You know, we want to be called not only to our vision or what we see, you know, we want to be called to him. Amen. And if he moves that candlestick, we go and we be faithful. And and a lot of, you know, men and women of greater heroism than I have, have learned to do that even through suffering and persecution. Mm -hmm. You know, the church Mm -hmm. was scattered in the book of Acts, but they kept shining. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, yes. So share about some of your experiences uh-huh. of reaching the Russian people. Yeah. Um, I know you had shared in a previous message about having an opportunity right. to share at a school oh, that I, really impacted me, but sure. maybe hone in on, on that one and maybe a couple sure, others for, for just sure. to give our listeners kind of a perspective of Russia and going into Russia at the time of just right after right. the Soviet Union. And that was 30 Union. years ago. Right. And just maybe mm-hmm. just some, some testimonies oh, yeah. of what the Lord did And, and this that. also segues well into becoming a missionary because yes. I wanted people to know who the Lord was. I wanted people to know who God was. And there's plenty of people here in America that have a twisted idea or 
they have, you know, they were at a vacation Bible school as children, or even now children that don't really know the gospel. People mm-hmm. are growing up in fairly hedonistic secular yes. society and yes. don't know the Lord. So I wanted to help reach those, those people that didn't know the Lord. Um, but when you came to Russia, for the first time in my life, I was around thousands and thousands of people who had never heard the gospel. Wow. Not only hadn't heard the gospel, but were not able to. And we all are aware of the 1040 window. We've all heard of unreached people groups. But this is Russia. They're not third world. They're mm-hmm. actually second world. In the 1990s, all of a sudden the internet was open and communication was open, but they're living the way they always had, which was by and large spiritual darkness. And there's the root of the Orthodox Church there mm-hmm. that claims Christ is risen. And you could go and hear the Bible, but it was, had not been... It had not spread throughout society. It had wow. been suppressed by the government and oppression. So for the first time in my life, I was living with literally millions of people. It's not a hyperbole. There's 12 million people in Moscow alone wow. that didn't know who God was. Wow. And a lot of people don't know who God was. But you know, most people don't know they've been lied to. Mm. That's what's ironic. Most of us say, well, you know, I kind of believe this, or this is the way I was raised. But in 1991, 92, those early 90s, the Russians knew they had been lied to. I'll give you an example. We were at this school. It was a Votech school. And usually we were in teams of 30, and we went and we sang a song, and we invited the young people to come to our evangelistic meeting, mm-hmm. which was being held at the Department of Education at that time. That's right. pretty incredible in and of itself. Oh, it was, yeah. <laughs> just all kinds of open doors. We would get to know people, go to their houses. The very first week I was there, we were at a Votech school. It was a school uh, to train people how to cook. And so I was all excited about tasting Russian pastries and Russian torts. We didn't get that opportunity. In fact, our translator was quite an amateur. She was just a high school girl. And she said, well, they're, they're in cooking class. And so I said, well, I want to go to that class. <laughs> One, because I wanted to you know, a cream sure, puff. Sure, sure. Yeah. But secondly, the teacher there was a small little short man. He was energetic and pretty dynamic and excitable. And I thought, he sounds interesting. I'd like to go to his class. Well, we got in that class and I realized my, it might've been the accent, but what I thought she had said cooking class, and it was a Votech cooking school, mm-hmm. was not cooking class. It was culture class. Oh, big so culture class. difference. <laughs> so we walk in and there's all these banners of Lenin and hammers and sickles on one oh side my. of the wall. Wow. I thought, wow, this is not cooking class. Yeah. There were uh, pictures, photographs of men that he had served with in World War II. He was a World War II vet. Wow. There was a special monument in the corner of a friend of his that had perished in Afghanistan. Mm. Now, again, usually we had the opportunity to come up and explain what we wanted to explain. We had a little, you know, we sang How Great Thou Art in Russian. And you, we, kinda, you had your preset sure, kind of thing sure. that you would normally do. And we were usually in groups of 30. Well, they uh. had, the school <laughs> had unexpectedly divided us into groups of five or six. Mm. But actually there was nothing to worry about because we were put in the back of the class and he went on to teach culture. Hmm. He was gonna teach culture class. And he got up there and it didn't take long to realize this was the dog and pony show. So he begins talking to us and he talks about culture and Russian culture and their musicians and their inventors and all the great things that Russia has established. He did say this, he said, Stalin came and ruined it all. Hmm. Now I, I should add here, he didn't speak English. So he was teaching in Russian and our translator was talking to us in whispers, but he would pause and let her catch up. 
So I honestly thought, wow, I wonder who got to go to the cooking class because this is going to be boring, you know. But I thought to myself, well, maybe we'll have some opportunities to share and pass out some Bibles when we're done. We're in a class of, I think it was 11th graders. All of a sudden, I wasn't really paying attention, and our translator says, uh, please come to tell us what you've come to tell us. And I sort of looked around like, what did he say? She said, I think he wants you to come up. So this is my first week. So this, we weren't used to this and we weren't sure, but he had nervously stepped aside and really wanted us to come talk. Wow. But I thought, you know, I, I don't want to get in trouble here. Right. Still not sure what our ramifications are working sure. for the Department of Education. Right. But I don't want to lose the opportunity to talk to these young people. So mm. I remember just, they sort of looked around and says, Dean, you're the oldest. Get up there. Get up there. Like, well, okay. So I went up there and I just very briefly, I said, you know, we are all from different churches in America because we were told not to promote a denomination. Right, right. We weren't there to, you know, put down the Orthodox church, you know, because they were a little suspicious of cults coming in. Okay. Right? And understandably mm -hmm. so. Right. But I said, we all believe in God. We believe in God mm -hmm. because the Bible tells us that. Right. And I real quickly explained salvation. I said, the reason we don't see God is because of our sin. Mm. Because they, that's what the Soviets said. Well, there's no God because you can't see him. So I just real quickly, I said, we can't see God because of our sin. But he sent Jesus Christ to bridge that gap so that we can receive him spiritually. Amen. And again, I was a little worried about my little professor off to the wing. I thought, you know, is he going to call the KGB or whatever? And I said, we'd love to give you some Bibles. And it was interesting with me, on the platform, all the teenagers had leaned forward. They were interested. But I got off there probably in five minutes. You know, I didn't want to ruin our, right. I didn't want to overstep my bounds. Yes. I didn't want to lose the chance for the gospel. Right. So I really quickly explained it. Before I got back to my seat, before I reached my seat, he comes back up and he yells. He says, listen to them. Listen to them. They're right. I mean, he's a little melodramatic. <laughs> He said, and he says, I will spend the rest of my life searching for this God. Wow. So I realized, well, maybe he didn't understand what I had just gone right, over. Right. And I looked around and no one knew what to do. Kids didn't know what to do. He wasn't sure what to do. I said, would you like us to come back up? Please, please come back up and tell us more. So then I went back up there and went through what we would call the Romans Road and wow. illustrated the plan of salvation, got a kid up there to explain that the gift of God is eternal life, and and had a, had a semi-altar call in culture class. Wow. And his name was Albert. He was a World War II veteran. He was a Jew. All these things that you would think would keep your heart hard and closed, mm -hmm. but he knew he'd been lied to. Wow. And he wrote, he gave me his photo, mm -hmm. and he wrote on the back of the photo, my dear Dean, thank you so much for showing me a way to God. Amen. He said, I have been a great communist sinner. That's what he wrote. Wow. He said, but I'm going to spend the rest of my life teaching young people about this God. Praise God. Now, when that happens to you, all of a sudden you think, am I supposed to go back to America? Right. Or is maybe there a work to do here? That's right. Maybe there's a work to do here. And that's, that, was the very, that was one of the very first instances. But I can tell you story after story after story of tremendous unbelievable open doors mm -hmm. of people being spiritually hungry mm -hmm. and you know some of us are called some christians are called to go labor and till the soil and they don't see converts right they don't seek people come to know the lord mm -hmm.
But it was a time in history where most of the Russians knew they'd been lied to. Mm-hmm. And they were open. Not yeah. everyone repented. Yeah. Okay, not everyone repented. They're still the people that, you know, they're distracted by the world. They want right. the richest cares of the world. But thousands, and I confidently say that thousands of Russians received Christ and repented in those 1990s. And I thought, Lord, I want to be a part of this. This is, you are building your kingdom. Mm-hmm. And the scripture says, seek the kingdom. We tend to say that's building God's kingdom. But he didn't say that. He didn't say, come build my kingdom. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm going to build my kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I think seeking the kingdom is finding out where he's working. And in the 1990s, for me personally, I was called and I said, okay, I want to come do this. Mm-hmm. So those were the initial tastes of international mission work for me. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's, you know, it reminds me of how it talks about in scripture, the Lord opening a door that no man can close. For sure. And, you know, true whether it's it's you call it evangelism whether it's mission work or whether it's just telling your neighbor about the love of jesus unless god has begun to open that heart they'll stay they'll stay hard Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but when god does open that heart and sometimes we never know until we just because sometimes we'll sow seeds of the word of god and of truth in their life mm-hmm. and some will you know fall on hard ground and but then mm-hmm. other times you'll talk with somebody and it'll fall on fertile ground like kind of like what you're talking about in this in this situation mm-hmm. with the culture class not the cooking class right. um it found good good yeah. soil and that that soil takes that seed nurtures it and it bears fruit and just has eternal repercussions and so that's that's that is very powerful and praise the lord that's that is amazing and that's the power of the word that is the power of the word of god to change the life to basically and i i love how you know jesus when he was talking to nicodemus about being born again but the literal is actually born from above Hmm. and it's just like unless we're born from above unless god's spirit enters into Mm -hmm. us we're dead Mm -hmm. we're dead and it's just like it's it's just so encouraging and so refreshing thank you for joining us on this journey through the commands of christ brought to you by the home discipleship network if you would like to go deeper in this month's focus head over to homediscipleshipnetwork.org where you can download a free study guide to accompany each command And if today is your first time with us, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you will be able to join us each week as we explore the commands of Christ together. That's it for today, and we'll be back with more next week.